Welcome to the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward, a podcast looking at legislation as it passes through Oireachtas Air in our National Parliament. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Irish Legislation Podcast and for bearing with us. It's been a while since our last episode. Things were a little hectic and for one reason or another, we've had a delay in putting episodes out. But I'm delighted that we're back now and I hope you'll continue to support the podcast and to share it with anyone you think might be interested in hearing our podcasts about Irish legislation. In the coming weeks and months, we're hoping to mix it up a little bit and add slightly different formats. But this episode is a really interesting one stemming from a debate that took place last week in the Shannon on the issue of child pornography and that particular term, which is widely considered now to be incorrect in the context of what we're talking about and the preferred term is child sexual exploitation material which is the term that is going to be introduced hopefully through a new private member's bill from Senator Eileen Flynn. Do listen anyway and share the podcast if you can with anyone you think might be interested. Thanks again for your support. Okay, well, I'm here with Senator Eileen Flynn, independent senator, who has just sponsored the Child Trafficking and Child Sexual Exploitation Material Amendment Bill 2022. Eileen, congratulations. We had a very positive debate in the Shannon this afternoon on this, and it got support from every quarter. There's a lot in the bill. Can you tell us what the bill does, first of all? Yeah, the bill is actually really, really simple. We're changing the language of the the term from child pornography to child sexual exploitation materials, which is more appropriate. It is what it is. It's not about covering it up uh, anymore. And that's as simple as that. And like, you know, it kind of feels like all we're doing is changing the name. But again, uh, like our our message to everybody is language is key. Language is, is so important. And it's language that digs at people's heart. And it's language that offends us. Just like calling a person a name and, and stuff. It's, it's language that can really hurt and impact on a person's life, you know. Children and young people don't consent to, as what's in the legislation today, they don't consent to pornography. So therefore, we feel it's more appropriate, and we are going to go with the term child sexual abuse, but we feel it's more uh, appropriate and it explain and explains and describes the acts better, describes why it is better by using the terms uh, sexual exploitation material. Um, just to say, uh, yesterday I was doing an interview, and to be honest, I felt a little bit undermined thinking someone said to me, well, like, was it was it hard doing the, um, the piece of work around it? We started this piece of work last year. We started the research uh, last year and Emer, uh, who I'll pass you over to now, our consultant that works with myself and with Deputy Pringle as well, uh, has been doing a lot of work in, in this field for us over the last few months. Uh, and that's been our main role here in the office, you know, speaking with uh, legislators, speaking with uh, people who like fit the fix it language campaign, you know, and just uh, seeking advice. And it is really uh, simple to change the name, to change the word and to name it for what it is. And I actually think, and being ordinary and speaking to ordinary people, that's exactly what we're looking to do. You know, we're not we're not looking to get into the whole debate around what pornography is. We're talking about children. So mm-hmm. we just want to name it as child sexual exploitation. But I'll pass you over, what's only fair, I'll pass you over to Emer, who can uh, explain the uh, technicalities and the advice and stuff as the consultant uh, okay. what, what our office Great, thanks. So Emer Taylor, you're a legislative consultant with the 
group, the Independence for Change group here with Deputy Thomas Pringle and Senator Eileen Flynn here in Leinster House. Can you tell us what, like, how do you start this project? Because there's a whole load of legislation that's being amended here, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it, it was it was kind of vast. Uh, it, well, it started off and it was like, okay, well, that's quite simple. We're going to change a word, you know, and, and the very essence of it was that's what we're doing. Um, but then very quickly it becomes apparent how many times that word appears. Um, and as was raised, even in the, in the debate, when you change the terminology, you're changing more than just the terminology from, from a legal point of view. So that's going to have an impact. So at the very start of the process, we did actually refer to the Bills Office and OPLA to ask for guidance on that because what seems sort of simple, and as, as Senator Flynn has said, it is simple, we're changing terminology. It has an impact. So we did seek advice on that and it came back to us that it hasn't actually been done. So there has never been a case where a title has been amended. There is precedent, though, because there is um, the Statute Amendment Act. I can't remember the, the full title of it off the top of my head, um, which was brought in. I think you might have actually brought it up in the debates as well. Yeah, the Statute Law Revision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that exists. And I know that's to do with uh, like pre-1922. But if it exists for that, then we kind of thought, OK, well, it should also exist for situations where language needs to change and needs to be updated. So, sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned mm-hmm. the OPLA. That's the Office of the Parliamentary Legal Advisor. Did yes. they give you legal advice on whether that could be done or not? Well, we sort of, yeah, we did go to them uh, seeking legal advice. And then I suppose time became an, a bit of an issue there also. And I think that what happened then was it was referred to the Office of the Attorney General. And we've had conversations there before. And then we had the option to bring to, to bring it forward today. So we took that knowing that we will have to work with the Office of Attorney General to find ways to make sure that we're not leaving gaps in the law. Mm-hmm. I know there's a bit of a reticence to change the title because... Of reference points of view so it's obviously it's much easier to be able to refer to uh, a, legis- a, a piece of legislation by its name without it changing but it would seem to sort of undermine the whole point of the legislation if if every reference to child pornography was changed to child sexual exploitation material but the title remained the same yeah so i know that that's a bit of a, of a second point but we do have the reference numbers which are created there's what I think nine pieces of legislation that are being changed by this bill. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And there's actually European legislation as well, but that's a different sort of yeah. kettle of fish. Well, one of them, the, I suppose, the, the the main one is the Child Trafficking and Pornography Acts that mm-hmm. started in 1998 and yeah. were amended. If this bill, or when this bill passes, because the government is accepting it, does that then become the Child Trafficking and, Trafficking and Child Sexual Exploitation Material Act yes. 1998? So yes. you're changing retrospectively change the legislation which is very unusual i actually and i did actually originally put in so not some i suppose it was still it would still be a retrospective but it was um i had put in amendment act 1998 to 2000 and it was i think 21 at, at mm. the point in time um but that i think was te- it was that was a technicality where it was well no if you're changing it then it's the main legislation can't be an amendment act in itself yeah. uh, which again is, is where it becomes kind of because you're changing the title the minister today like referred to drafting conventions and, and yes. there is a lot of material, particularly in the Attorney yeah. General's office, of you just don't do things certain ways. But yeah. there isn't actually a legal reason why you can't. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just about convincing people to change. It's, yeah. it's a, I think it's a can-do attitude, mm. which uh, Senator Flynn definitely showed at the end, I think, of the debate. Yeah, and we, we like, we've had this uh, conversation literally like this time last week, <laughs> you know, that this is 
really, really doable. You know, just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that we, we can't do it or, or we can't uh, achieve it. And even your own argument down there today around the laws and in courts, uh, in, in a court setting, they use the term child sexual exploitation material. And uh, again, it's, and I know it probably sounds like actually you're a bit of an idiot, like you have to go into the practicalities of the law, uh, uh, etc. And that's what uh, Emer is here to advise us to do, you know. But for, for us as ordinary people, like and for me personally, I'm just like, actually, this is very, very doable. It, mm-hmm. it can be done. And again, it's 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 been able to change. And, and rules uh, centre, as you know yourself, rules are, are meant to be uh, bent a little bit. And I think <laughs> there's there's a way of obviously working with the minister's office and uh, Emer and all the relative uh, parties and people involved. But I do think it's, it's really possible and really doable mm. as I said in the chambers today where there's a will there's a way with the right people well you got overwhelming support from every party today isn't that right yeah yeah, yeah so can I just before I go over because Jessica Bray is with us from your office as well but Emer, can I just finish on the actual drafting process mm. how do you start to identify all the mentions of the term child pornography in legislation yeah so that was it started out with a just search on irishstatutebook.ie and and then sort of more advanced searches going down to see all the references of child pornography and then sort of it was it was pretty much just a case of going through them like individually bit by bit so it was time going through to see what we could amend what we couldn't amend we were still waiting to hear back on protocol from say the bills office and opla with regards to what could be changed and couldn't be changed so in the meantime i was sort of amending things that we didn't know if we could actually you know, if they would actually end up being amended secondarily or if they had already been amended because of amendments that had since taken place. Like there was a lot of retrospective things that show up as well. So it was literally just a case of find it all and then take the time and go through it kind of old school, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But interestingly, when Eileen's saying about the, the legal aspect of it, the starting point of, of the whole thing was actually was looking at pornography itself. And, and, and like the Luxembourg guidelines were obviously a huge starting point. But... It was raised today, I think it was Senator Ruan who made the point about pornography itself and why we wanted to change it. I mean, obviously the guidelines are there, so we know it's best practice, but also in terms of the idea of child pornography being a category, you know, that you would just sort of... Just it, a different it's, type it's of pornography. You know, yeah. yeah, and it's like, well, this, this isn't it. So even though there's a legal aspect, which is the legalese side, and then there's the simple aspect, which is we're just going to change a word, there mm-hmm. actually is a part of it where you actually have to take time and consider what, yeah. what, what, what falls within yeah. where. Well, on that issue, can I bring Jessica Bray <laughs> in? You're, you're in, in Senator Annie Flynn's office. Yes, yeah. Can you tell us why the term child pornography, as Emer touched on it there, like yeah. what's the problem? Surely we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you say the words and you know exactly what it means. So you ask the question, why is it problematic? But when you think of pornography, it is an act between consenting adults. It is not something that a child can consent to and just the use of the word just makes you cringe I mean we've we've talked to journalists today that have told us themselves that they feel so embarrassed every time they have to use it it's inappropriate it's completely outdated it doesn't reflect the nature of the abuse or the crime it's just it's 
completely in, inappropriate and incorrect. So we just felt strongly that it really needed a change. And yeah, Emer, obviously I've been doing a bit of research on it. I'm a bit of a link between Emer and Eileen. I couldn't, um, I don't have the time to go through all the legislation with a fine comb like Emer does. Um, so we kind of looked into it and I know that Eileen is very interested in language and the power of language. And it is definitely something that she has talked about before and is interested in and um, using appropriate language, using inclusive language. It's just such an important tool. It's how we communicate. It's how we understand. So uh, I knew that it was definitely something that Eileen was interested in. And we had met with various groups, myself and Emer before, to, you know, discuss it. We had Caroline West, we had... Vicky Conway, mm, um, Mary, Mary Crilly from the Fix It campaign. And, you know, for victims, this is so important, you know, for maybe for us, okay, it's a bit embarrassing for us to say, but the impact this has on victims to hear mm. those words every time that what has happened to them is described is it it must be horrible and as adult know, entertainment as adult entertainment yeah. i mean that's what it's kind of that's what pornography means it's a it's a form of inter- entertainment and to even suggest that that word is suitable for these materials is just um completely incorrect so we're hoping now we had previously when we looked at it there is a lot further that we want to do um yeah. in term with in terms of convictions and stuff like that but we mm-hmm. thought yeah and grooming as well but we thought that well the first thing that needs to change is the language that's yeah. very important so you mentioned the fix it campaign mm-hmm. campaign there can you tell us what their goal is so their goal is they take irish news headlines and they fix it um to more appropriate language Unfortunately, you do see it in the media all the time, just inappropriate language being used. And it does not very considerate of the people that it affects and the victims, you know. Of can, can you give us an example of something like that? Yes. Well, I know that, well, apart from uh, obviously the the bill at hand, I know around the re- recent tragic death of Ashley Murphy and a lot of other cases of assault on women and gender-based violence, a lot of the language is shaped to almost blame the victim and, and not put the focus on the perpetrator. And, you know, the Fix It campaign is fantastic in that they picked up on this and picked up on the, the fact their, their motto is language matters. And, you know, that's really at the heart of this bill today. And the language we use matters. And the headlines that we see every day do have an effect on us. We might not think it, but subconsciously, you know, that those type of words are in our head. And um, yeah, what they do um, is like gender-based violence is kind of try and shift the focus, um, edit the headlines and make them more appropriate. So Eileen, um, in terms of language battering, as, as Jessica was saying there, can you like from from the groups that you've been speaking to, what will be the direct effect? I mean, one of the things the minister said at the end of the debate was that people who've already been convicted of offences under the 1998 Act, they'll still have that conviction recorded that way. Has there been any discussion of how this will change this in the future when it passes? Or You know, I, again, as, as, as a mother and for people in, in general, like uh, child pornography doesn't sit right with people, although we know what it means, you know, and it's very uncomfortable for a profession, say, in the, in, in, in the courtroom here uh, as legislators to uh, use uh, such a term, you know. And, and and again, it puts, if you want to say, the pressure, the, 
the, the shame of it and to the young person. So it, it just, it isn't right. Mm. It's like the same way. And this is where I come from language, as Jessica said, I'd be interested in language. And I come from it because of my background, the terms of, do you know, like years ago, we used to refer to someone with psychiatric problems as a mental uh, per- person. Mm. Today, we're not allowed to do that because there's a stigma that goes with being a mental person. Again, pornography is usually something that's consent between two adults, you know, and we don't want to even get into the conversation around pornography really because that's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is name that children don't have any grounds to consent to uh, pornography and their images being shared in social uh, social media, uh, etc. So what we're just trying to do again is just change the name, have it simple, but again, it takes the, the blame away from 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 the person, the young person, the child, and 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 it supports them, and they feel more supportive as well. Yeah. Like you know, without mentioning or talking, I would. And again, I see a lot of young traveler women. This time last year, two years ago, there was this page that was set up around where there's young traveler women and a Facebook page. Since it's been uh, taken down, and on Twitter as well, you know where these young women have clothes on them, and then there's nude uh, pictures of them and online, and they're fakes. And again, the, the young person's face is mm. there, and again, it's suicide. Like it links into so much things. Really, it links into different sectors of inequalities and pressures on young people. Mm. Again, and I do think it's it's really just it's a starting point. You know, yeah. obviously, it's not going to change people's and it it'll even make the person who's going to commit the crime think about how serious of their act because yeah. it's not about just sitting down and looking at porn it's because mm. it's a young person it's not right it's again so they know it's a crime that they're they're, they're committing before yeah. they even so it sounds more more acceptable when we say a uh, child porno- well actually it doesn't i can't even say it it sounds yeah. uh, pornography sounds acceptable you know, so, so when we yeah. name it for child uh, sexual exploitation material, uh, like, you know... It calls I, it out for what it is. Yeah, it calls yeah. it out for what it is, yeah. 100%. And do you, do you know what's going to happen with the bill now? So we've gone through second stage in the Shannon. Mm-hmm. The minister's indicated that the department has some mm-hmm. changes they want to make to yeah. whatever as technical aspects of it. But do you know what's going to happen from here? I suppose we'll liaise with um, yeah, Minister McIntyre's office McEntee. and work with the Attorney General. Yeah. The questions that they've raised are questions that we were kind of raising at the start yeah. ourselves, like mm-hmm. I was saying, in terms of like, when we're drafting, it's you have the drafting and then you also have a time sort of thing and also the reach of 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 the of the, of the changes you know so it's i think it's one of those things where we'll be requiring a lot of feedback and they'll be working together to find a way where mm-hmm. there are because that was one of the things even i suppose from like a very human point of view when you're doing these things like these these changes and these laws don't just happen sort of you know someone snap their fingers they they're it's us it's people like just like just regular folk doing their job in the background. Um, and the last thing that you ever want to do is create a gap or a lacuna where something could slip through. Yes. Um, so we want to make sure that those gaps and loopholes are closed tight. Yes. So things like retrospective mm. um, amendments, that kind of thing. Um, but they're quite technical, as yeah. in like, not in a not in a silly way. They're actually, yeah. they're technicalities. They're not, they shouldn't they stand are. in the way. I, 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 as a lawyer, I hate that word technicalities. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the reality is, you're not changing the offences. You're no, just changing the exactly, name on the offences. Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, when we were looking at it, there was like, when it, my original, the, the very starting point actually to answer your very first question was to go through 
their their original legislation itself and see what was there and to compare it with best practice legislations. Um, and there's so many little bits and pieces which we would love to have changed. But like Jessica, I think, mentioned, we kind of decided to break it into two different approaches. So one would be to change the language. Uh, and to be honest, the feedback that we've gotten from this has been so monumentally positive. Yeah. And I think even just from sparking debate, I think people are pausing, like even my own mother, when, you know, when I was discussing this with her, she sort of, she's been thinking about, you know, well, like, you you know, child pornography is wrong, but you don't go beyond that to think, well, why is it wrong? Why is the term wrong? And I think that's kind of what's really caught people's imagination, for want of a better phrase. Uh, so then the next stage will hopefully be more substantive changes. And they were raised today as well. Things like the grooming aspect and yeah. sort of sexualization of young children in, in more roundabout ways. So do you think we're going to see a follow up bill for this? Yeah, yeah. like 100%, you know, and again, this is a starting point and it is about starting where we're at and where we're at like it's going from the the real to the ideal and that's how I work as an individual mm. the real situation is right now that we have terminology in our laws that's an inner like in, in our legislation that's not suitable it's not fit for purpose it's out of date as Jessica has already rightly said so going to the ideal uh, terminology in my opinion and in in uh, the, the women's opinion here as well is uh, naming it for what it is and then moving on to the next section of mm. that and then trying to put in further uh, bills as well and you know it's it's not easy but it, like culture is changing people are changing generations are like you know what I mean life is going on and we have to move with the times we have to move again social media is so big and that's another reason why we like come up mm-hmm. with uh, changing it and naming it for what it is as well because of today's world we're living and what yeah. was acceptable 10 years ago 20 years ago is is not and like you know again words that years ago people would throw around the term knacker for example now it's an offense to to use uh, such a word do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i know and in legislation as well you wouldn't hear it in a court you know yeah. that kind of way so it's very it's it's very uh appropriate that we just name things for for what they are and that's the, the key message uh, really uh, 100% and again it's it's the start of something and of course we're going to have to work with the department we're going to have to a lot of more work but I, I don't see how it's it's not doable do you yeah. know what I mean and and I think with the right support and and the will there the political will there we we can do it as a as a collective Shannon Aaron yeah. and Dahl Aaron, we can yeah. do it as that, you know, and it's it's just crazy to be honest. Like a hundred years of the Shannon now we're going into, you know, and to have somebody there say from the trial, I know all about language, like I was born and reading it and how we, so it is extremely important to me personally. But you know, who, who would have thought a hundred years into the uh, Shannon Aaron that we'd have a traveler woman that's trying to bring around better laws for, for everybody in society? Because people would have an image that I was probably my first bill or first PMB would be something got to do. And I do think it's it's an extreme important and it's something for all ethnic minority groups, it's for all uh, children, you know, because did you ever hear anybody say, if we could see the world from the eyes of the child? 
how powerful that would be, you know, and how innocent our, our, our children are, like, and, and I just think it's it's about uh, keeping that in the world as well, like, to a certain extent, so. Yeah, well, congratulations, Eileen, to all of you as well. The work is obviously, as a lot of people commented down below, a lot of work involved in this, and yeah. you can see that in the response that I got today, that it's worked. So yeah, well done to you, and we look forward to, as I said, we've gone through second stage, we look forward to committee stage, I suppose, in the coming months. Eileen, I think earlier you mentioned you were hoping to get it passed by the end of the year, ideally. Yeah, you know something? I, I'm a market woman. You know, I grew up in the markets. And if you want to get a hundred, like, you know, say if there was something that cost £50 and you just wanted to get 40 or maybe you would have put up the £35 from it because I remember going back in the days with the pounds. So you'd add a little bit. So, the, the, again, the realistic like going to the ideal would be the end of the year which mm. i hope would be possible but again it may not be possible but in in i, I just think it's always a uh, throwing out the, the fish to catch the salmon do you yeah, know that kind yeah. of way Plant so it's about yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really about yeah. having the high hopes and for, for that being visible within those chambers and to the uh, relative ministers as well so that yeah. I think it might create a little bit of pressure that, and it might come across a bit naive, but a lot of the time, you know exactly what you're doing. I'm a market woman. I was born and reared in the market, so it's kind well, of... It doesn't look naive when you've got it on, on paper and have, having yeah. passed through second stage so successfully. So well done, Emer Taylor, Jessica Bray, and Senator Riley Finn. Thanks all for talking to us today. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward. You can get me on Twitter at Barry M. Ward. Don't forget to subscribe and you won't miss any of the episodes as they come up on a weekly basis while the Oireachtas is sitting. <laughs>